You're listening to Soul Therapy, a podcast that inspires and lifts up your mind and soul as we get deep into the Word of God. My name is Tyler Bodwin, and although I am not a pastor certified teacher, I have been walking faithfully with God for about five years now. And like any relationship, I've been brought low and struggled. But even through my storms and struggles, God has always shown me His goodness in my life. Hey everybody, welcome back to Soul Therapy. We have a different little bit of a format here today. And um, man, I'm just excited to speak with y'all. Um, uh, today I want to talk about God saying no. Um, kind of a big one. I don't think, uh, I mean, I do think we, we talk about it, but I don't think we talk about it in in a way that I guess kind of makes sense to a, a non-believer. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, we're just going to get right into it on, uh, on this episode of Soul Therapy. So, uh, Lord, I just thank you right now for, for this place, for this position and part of my life that I am in right now, the season of my life I am in right now to be able to go out and share your word and, um, and even just more opportunities. Lord, I just pray for the ones out there for the same opportunities and doors to open, to share your word, to share your good, to share your good news and uh, to continue and, and keep fighting. And Lord, I just pray for anyone out there that is being affected by the virus uh, or any, any other afflictions right now. I just speak against them right now in Jesus' mighty name. And I just lift up everybody as we enter this fall season. In your precious name, I pray, amen. So, we left off on Hebrews, uh, I believe, what oh, we were getting into. <laughs> I just dropped my Bible. Uh, we were getting into Hebrews uh, chapter 3, I believe. But now we're going to get into it. So, this is different, but I kind of like it. Doing uh, Having the old microphone, an actual microphone. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So I know we left off on uh, right about Hebrews chapter two, uh, I think verse 14. Uh, so we're just going to get into it. I'm going to go a little bit before it. Uh, and we're just going to go to, I guess, chapter, you know, we'll just do, we'll just do Hebrews two, uh, verse 14. So since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, 15, and deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So seem for surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make appropriation for the sins of the, fe- of the people. So I want to kind of go into that right here and just, and just how, how truly awesome it is. Um, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who is the power of death that is the devil. See, Jesus had to live a life. Jesus had to be human, be God and human, but he had to live a human life so that he knows what his his children uh, go through. You know, biggest part of, of Jesus being here on earth, uh, 
as much of his ministry is to be human, uh, to see what his brothers and sisters were going through, um, to see what all of creation groaned and, and was being attacked and being just just destroyed by the devil. Again, John 10, 10, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. For the Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy you from, from me to take you away from this world. But Jesus, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. See, he had to understand and truly see being a man, being human, <clears throat> what Satan was trying to do, what, the, what, what Satan was trying to attack, what he was trying to take away, what he was trying to destroy all of creation. He had to become human, become man, to see this groaning, to see this pain, to see this anguish that might have been overlooked. For in heaven, there are no worries. So thank you again for Jesus to become human, become uh, man or God in, in man form, to to have this this compassion, to to be set apart, but also to understand and to love and to be compassionate. So verse fifteen, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. We were subject to be in a life of, 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 of bondage. We were, we were born to be in a life of chains, to be enslaved by Satan. He wanted to not only keep our minds enslaved, but he wanted to keep our bodies enslaved. He believed we belonged in bondage, for he hated God so much. See, any praise given to God angers, angers Satan. So he wanted to keep us enslaved. He wanted to take us all to hell because if he can take our faith, then that's just one thing he can take away from the joy of God. For surely it is not angels that he helps. See, Jesus didn't come to be man to help angels, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. The offspring, we are the offspring. He came to set us free. He came to to set our to take our bondage and chains and rip them apart. Take the keys away from Satan for we are no longer to be slaves to him who plots so evil against us. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make appropriation for the sins of the people. See, I love that the, the family and, and lifestyle that Jesus was, was born to, it practically was poor. It practically was, um, it practically was poor. Uh, for the time, there were a lot more who were living quite quite rich and quite high. Obviously, we have Matthew, who ended up leaving his family to become rich, to be fulfilled by money. You know, see, we have a thing where we know and we understand that we need money to live, but some people literally, their drive in life to do anything is through money, through, see, 
we under to have an understanding that yes, we need money to survive and to live, but to be driven by money, to be driven by that greed that you almost take on too much stress, you almost take on put almost too much anxiousness onto your life. See, um, we have to remember again to be set apart from that uh, mindset. It, it, it's very easy for for us to almost always be anxious about how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay for food? How am I going to get to work? How am I going to have gas? How am I going to, oh, my, my, my tires popped. How am I going to pay for this? When Jesus says, do not be anxious for doesn't God take care of you? Doesn't he Love you enough. He he clothes the lilies of the field. Does he not love you more than he loves the fields? The birds in the barn are sheltered and fed plentifully. Does not God love you as much as these birds? What are we to be anxious about? What are we to worry about? We are only putting ourselves through anxiety and worry because we start to forget the gratitude and gratefulness of what God has already done. God will always take care of us. And when his children ask to be taken care of, he will, he will give those because is any good father to do these things? Well, yes, yes, he is. There's actually real quick, I want to go into, into a kind of, sidetrack a little bit, uh, but there's a, a portion in Luke 17 that I want to go through with you. It's about this exact thing that I'm, I guess, kind of going on to with the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Luke. Let's turn to Luke, and um, we're going to go to uh, chapter 17. It's actually quite funny because I've had Luke on my mind for a minute like I thought maybe I'll just stop doing Hebrews and maybe we'll just go start Luke um but and I think there will be eventually a point where I actually like hey we're like not reading Hebrews mainly today we're going to go into uh Luke and I guess it kind of is today um so we're just I'm just gonna go with it you know the Holy Spirit is is leading and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow I am going to be obedient. Let's see. Here it is. Uh, so we have uh, Luke 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 11. And in my, my Bible, English Standard Version, at the top it says, Jesus cleanses 10 lepers. Now, this is really interesting. This kind of really kind of makes you stop and be like, wow, I really need to work on gratitude. On the way to Jerusalem... He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. If you were wondering, uh, so leprosy or lepers, uh, they were almost, they were, not almost, they were, they were exiled. They were exiled uh, from everyone else. And if they were around people uh, who weren't lepers, who weren't affected by this disease, um, they would have to yell and tell people, don't, you know, I'm, I'm not clean. I'm not clean. I'm not clean. You know, so people would know 
to stay away from from the lepers. So for Jesus to to cleanse them and tell them, he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So basically they they have to go to these high priests and and basically show them that they are not tormented or they are not tormented by the disease that was affecting them that were making them lepers so that the priests can basically unexile them so that they can be amongst, you know, their fellow brothers and sisters. They can go to places, they can go to markets and, you know, um, you know, so something like that. Um, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Real quick, so if you don't know much about the Bible, uh, what it says about Samarians, right? Samarians. Samaritans. Uh, Samaritans. What it says about Samaritans is they almost um, are completely like separated from God in in the like old world so for the samaritan to be the one to come back and and give praise to god for being cleansed of his leprosy is a big thing because rather when he says a foreigner rather than jews who knew god who have seen him work wonders and now have been cleansed and healed by god um they go in and they and they show that they're cleansed and then they don't have to worry about, you know, all of that anymore. But they don't give glory to God, even though they have an understanding of God. For a Samaritan to come and fall to Jesus' feet and praise and worship him for the good things he've done, giving a full heart of gratitude and gratefulness to Christ. It's almost it's so much bigger because he's technically a foreigner to who God is. But he has seen the goodness, he has seen the grace, and he has seen the powerful mercy of Christ upon his life that he goes and gives gratefulness. See, I can say multitude of my life that there's been times I've gone through something that is quite a low, a low bearing. And I kind of spoke about this, but you kind of go through a low in your life and you you almost start to forget about God. You tend to put him on the back burner when you should be putting him at the forefront of your life. But the moment I start climbing, as of most people, you start climbing out of these lows, you start to thank God because you're seeing this door open and, and this opportunity and you're being uh, healed from this and you're being healed from that and your, your depression and anxiety and all these things. And I think we start to have a heart of, of gratitude. I think we start to have a heart of gratefulness. But then the monotonous, monotony of life, life catches up to you and things are rolling and, and you're almost like, yeah, thank you, God. Thank you. Yes, you. Thank you, Jesus. But do we really have a great, a gratitude mindset, a grateful mindset like our brother here, the Samaritan, who falls as soon as a good gift from God opens that is worthy of his praise, 
Do we fall to our knees? Do we fall? Do I fall to my knees while I'm in this bedroom when I'm fighting through something? Do I actually go through something and knowing Jesus actually fall to my knees in complete submission, give glory to God for delivering me? It's a hard thing to, you know, ask myself because there's been a lot of times recently where I've seen going through a struggle or I've seen going through a storm and falling to my knees, crying usually, if I'm honest, crying and, and fully submitting to Christ and, and giving him the glory because what I'm going through is nothing he has never gone through himself. That's what's so awesome about that part of Hebrews. See, Jesus had to be put exactly where God needed him to be, to live, to see pain, to see anguish, to have this heart, to not be torn by greed. Because none of these earthly things mattered to Jesus. Jesus has that in, in tenfold in heaven. But it's so awesome to see that God knew where he needed to be to put him where we need Jesus to be. And that's at the cross. See, Jesus had to go through these things to be put at the cross, to be put on that mountain, crucified, hanging above us, so that we know to put him above us. See, I, I think I start to almost be like, wow, you know, this is happening. This door is opening. Oh, praise God. That's awesome. But it, when does it become a heart posture? When does it become a heart word compared to a lifeless word? Am I really saying praise God because I'm truly in a heart position of gratitude? Am I really in a heart position of gratefulness? Or am I just trying to say it because I'm trying to impress this religious leader? Am I trying to say this to impress this brother in Christ to show how holier than thou? Oh, praise God. When does it, when does this walk, when does this faith become more than my words and become everything? That is his words. When does this heart posture of gratitude become more than just empty words that I speak out of my mouth in front of a camera, in front of a brother, in front of a religious leader, in front of my church, in front of this, that, the other? When does it become everything about his words and less about empty words of me? See, it says, I have to decrease so that he can increase and see the only way I can truly decrease is to try to take myself and put myself on this pedestal like oh yeah you know this door opened because I'm doing so good or this door opened because well I haven't sinned in this long or oh this door is open because I'm really showing faithfulness to Christ man to think it's by your works and your works alone that is putting you in a position to be exalted, that is, 
that's funny because none of my works will save me. None of my works will heal me. None of my works will set me right because I tend to think when I'm going through things and I'm being attacked and I'm, and I'm, and I'm fighting sin and, and I'm fighting my flesh. And when I finally fall, because I do fall, but when I finally fall, I think I have to figure out how to get clean. I have to, I have to read his word about 10 weeks straight. Oh, I need to wake up and do this. And these are great things. And we should practice these, especially as believers, we should be practicing these things daily instead of just going on my phone and looking at Instagram, you know, the first time I wake up, man, I should make this a practice. Those are great things. But see, I'll never make myself clean enough to come before Christ. I will never be able to really set myself up right before coming to Christ, because without Christ, I will never be set right. Without Christ, I will never be clean enough. So see, sin and the enemy try to tell you, oh, you have fallen. You're guilty. You should be in shame. You should hate yourself. You aren't going to be able to help someone this weekend at this outreach. You know what you've been doing this whole week? And you think you're going to help anyone? No, see. You're filthy, you're rotten, and you're a disgrace. And you will never make yourself clean enough. Shoot, you're not even worthy to be in his throne room. Hey, guess what? I'm not worthy. But you know who says we are worthy to be in his throne room? It's the only one who matters. And the only one who's ever mattered, and that's Christ. See, we got to stop trying to be a works type people. See, we, we, you're so raised and taught that this work will get you to this job and that this work will get you in this position in society and this work will only raise your income. But none of this stuff matters because your own works will never satisfy you. All this money will never satisfy me. I was watching The Great Gatsby recently with like some of my family. And if you've ever seen The Great Gatsby, uh, awesome film. I love The Great Gatsby, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Tobey Maguire. Anyways, we're looking and we see this beautiful, beautiful like castle house that he lives in. He has these nice cars. He has this beautiful shirt, beautiful clothing. And um, kind of with The Great Gatsby, he, he says, all of this is for this girl, Daisy, Daisy Buchanan. This is all for her. But without her here, all of it is is nothing to me. All of it feels empty. All of it, this house feels so empty until she's in here. Why don't I ever treat? I was going through something earlier today. I don't know if I was going to talk about this and be vulnerable, but I'm going to be. I was going through something and I was driving home and I was truly depressed. I was truly having some ideations that sometimes depression brings. I'm crying. I'm like, why can't it just all go away? Why can't I just disappear and no one care? Why can't I get this done? And why can't this happen? Why can't you just take me home? Why can't you just take me home? Because this 
feeling inside my heart sucks. This pain I'm feeling sucks. Why won't you just take me home? And as I'm driving and I'm driving home, about to get into a a Bible study with some awesome brothers on Zoom, as I'm pulling up in my driveway and I'm looking at the rain and I'm sitting there in my car listening to Caleb or whatever, and, um, and I think, I don't have a safe place. My house. This is not a safe place. I feel like so many people out there have a place, a home they can go to in all these emotions and thoughts of depression and anxiety. They just disappear by being in that person's home, by being in those people's presences, right? We're in those present, we're in that presence of those loved ones and friends and family and you feel safe you feel like you don't want to do these things you don't want to commit these acts that are are unchangeable and i recently had a, an awesome friend of mine send tell me that he was thinking about doing said things and and i remember when he's telling me dude i love you and i don't want anything to happen to you please reach out to me reach out to me I would be forever torn if he disappeared. I told him I've had many friends in my life taken from me. I've seen a lot of death in my life, lives taken. And I don't want the same to be to you. So I start thinking about all these thoughts and I'm realizing that moment where I feel for him or I feel for this person or I feel for the people that I loved who committed suicide. I think about if I had even some of those people who I didn't really know that well, if I had this feeling and overwhelming love and compassion and, and sadness, and then why would everyone that knows me, everyone that loves me, friend, family, whoever, would they not miss me just as I have missed them? Because we start to fall into this thought that when we're being attacked by these thoughts that, man, no one's going to miss me. No one's going to truly miss me. And see, I think I finally realize it now because when I was asking God, when I was thinking about, man, I just want to go home. Like I'm done. I'm so tired. I'm so hurt. I'm so frustrated. I just want to go home. I remember even asking like, how come I can't do this and just people not care? I literally said, why can't I do this and people not care because that's it's the fact of the matter is I am loved, I am cared about, and I would be missed. If you were going through something of the same nature, you will be missed in those dark, seamless thoughts. You will be missed. And even if it's hard to believe at that moment and things have happened, you will be missed and you are loved. And if you are not loved by me, you are loved by the maker and creator of the universe of everything on earth and in heaven. Are not those things more than you? 
Does God not love you more than these things? No, he loves you. He wants you to have that abundant life. Back to my safe place as I was thinking about these things, I realized with the great Gatsby, see, I could have that beautiful house. I could have my bank account with a couple commas, right? I could be doing a job that doesn't involve labor where I could just sit at home and write music or play on my piano and be getting paid, not worrying, being in a beautiful house, paid for, beautiful, extravagant, have a pool, have beautiful dogs or cats, food filled in my shelves, a beautiful girl at my side. Right now in this moment, I'm, I'm single and I'm trying to learn how to be single, but that's besides the point. But I have a beautiful girl on my arm who can strengthen me and uplift me in Christ. But see, I start to think about all these things and, and I remember Great Gatsby, see, my safe place is Christ. But in that moment, why don't I treat my safe place like Christ? I'm asking for a safe place. I don't, I'm like, I don't have a safe place. My home doesn't feel like a safe place. This place, these people that I love, being in their presence doesn't even feel like a safe place because, again, my safe place should always be in firm foundation of Jesus Christ. See, my, my safe place should be going to Christ and being like, help, I need help. This sucks. I'm crying. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I just need to be in your presence. Anytime you invite, it's in Revelations, I think, 320. I apologize if that's wrong, but it says, I knock and you open the door and I come in and I sit and eat with you. I like to think of that verse as when I'm asking Jesus to be my safe place. I'm asking for that help. I'm, I'm screaming and crying and depressed and anxious and tripping and, and this, that, and the other. And if, if, if Jesus is knocking at that door and I'm not choosing to listen, but finally I'm like, you know what? help. I need it. Open the door. I like to think that now that place, any place, car in the car, on the streets, in the home, I let him in. Now I can just abide in him. He can be my safe place. John 15 says, for I am the branch, you are the, I am the vine, you are the branches, for I abide in you. I just need to let him abide in my safe place. I need to make him my safe place for any of these things, any of these places I think are safe because of this reason or another. Nothing will ever satisfy. No house, no animals, no thing, no monetary value, no job, no beautiful girl. None of this will ever satisfy. Now, a lot of those things have their place and they absolutely bring joy. See, we are joint heirs of Christ. We are joint heirs of, we are descendants and heirs of Abraham and David and King David. Yes, those things have their place and we will absolutely take joy in them when they are here and in their due time. But those things still will never satisfy for without Christ, everything is rubbish.
Philippians, uh, I believe it's four, but I'm not for sure. I didn't mean to do that at all, but uh, in the description, you'll see it. But um, Philippians says, for I count all things rubbish. I count it all trash compared to the glory of Christ. Everything is trash compared to Christ. Everything has no meaning without him. So anyways, I know we didn't get into Hebrews uh, this time. We definitely got into a little bit of Luke. And I know I was going to title this, I guess, like God saying no. But I'm gonna switch y'all on it. Uh, we're gonna we talked about gratefulness today. I don't know what the episode name will be, but uh, you know, I had an awesome Bible study and uh, Pastor Fred Mendez. He talked about you know a lot of these verses and and gratefulness. And I think, man, I need to remind myself that I need to have a mindset, a passion for falling to my knees. And dwelling in Christ, letting him be my safe place and remembering that whatever doors open, whatever opportunities open are opened by God and to him they need to be the glory. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I kind of debated if I was going to make one of these this week. Uh, I know I didn't make one last week because I had a really awesome outreach and an event. And uh, again, I'd like to keep this ministry completely separate from music, but I just want to say uh, it was super awesome. Uh, we were able to bless a ton of people with some really awesome, uh, brand new, really professional uh, skateboards and bicycles and scooters. And it was just a super awesome event. A lot of uh, different kids um, gave their lives to Christ. I, I don't know the numbers, um, but it was just awesome, man, to just be there, be in that presence and, and see... Uh, just what God was doing in that community and it was just super awesome so there was no last week because we had because we had so much preparation and things to do um, but I again was going through this today that I was just being vulnerable about and I was like man I don't really feel like doing this I'm gonna do my Bible study I'm gonna probably eat and I'm gonna go to bed but you know I realize, and, and some pastor I was saying is right now is not the time to keep away the gifts that God has planted in you, these seeds he's planted in you. Um, right now is the time to share them because right now is a time that hope is so, so needed. So if any of this is instilled uh, some kind of hope, I'm, I'm glad it has. I've already had a ton of response that this podcast soul therapy has been really uh blessing a lot of y'all and i appreciate y'all i appreciate you so much uh real quick i just want to take a moment uh if if anyone needs prayer please um if it's not too graphic or vivid or anything too crazy please reach out to the community tell us how we can be praying for you right now besides that, i just want to take a moment as always to give anyone listening a chance say you know through listening through this and and throughout the weeks you know you've been hearing a lot about this this man named Jesus and and uh you know you've heard all these things you know you've heard oh you know God bless you and Jesus loves you like and you're probably like man how can I be loved like Jesus loves me who am I who am I to be loved 
by anyone, especially this man, Jesus. You know, I heard 2,000 some years ago, he walked to this earth and he died on a cross, supposedly for me. And uh, if I'm honest, I'm hurt. I'm in pain. Things are weighing down on me. I'm hurt from this situation. I'm hurt from this relationship. And I'm just at a loss. I'm so lost right now in my mind. And I felt like my life, I had it under control. But now I'm just, I don't know, I'm losing faith in myself and my loved ones. You know what? Maybe I do hope in something better. Maybe I do need help in ways that no person here on earth can give me. Maybe this Jesus really does love me. Maybe this man Jesus really died on the cross for me. Maybe this man Jesus really did become sin on my behalf so I could be made the righteousness of Christ. Maybe all these things did happen. Maybe I'm just so tired and burnt out by everything I thought was going to fill me and I've never felt more empty. Maybe this Jesus can really be real and save me from these things. Maybe he can save me from depression. Maybe he can save me from suicide. Maybe he can just save me from me. I just ask you right now to say, you know, step out in faith. Take these questions you've been asking and just say, Jesus, I know you lived 2,000 years ago. I know you died on the cross for me. I know you became sin because you knew no sin. And because you knew no sin and you put yourself and sacrificed yourself on that cross, on that cross for me, you became sin so I could be the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God. Jesus, I thank you for what you did. I thank you for dying on that cross. I thank you that you love me. And Lord, I just ask you to come into my life, to speak through me, to fill me with your Holy Spirit, to leave me forever changed, to start a new creation inside of me, to wash me clean of thoughts of depression and suicide and anxiety. And Lord, I thank you that it says when we have your Holy Spirit, nothing that is not of you can reside. So any depression or <laughs> any thoughts of depression, any suicidal ideations, any suicidal tendencies, any anger and rage and violence and and, and and sadness, 
just be gone from my mind by your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I thank you that you are my Savior. I thank you that you are speaking through me now just as you've always been aiming for my heart. I thank you that you are now and forever my foundation, my safe place, and my living hope. Man, just just, just be in this moment right now. This right here is a moment of just being in his presence. When you ask the Holy Spirit to come and be with you, he is here. He is here. Just soak in that. Play praise and worship. Don't forget this moment. One last thing I'd like to tell you, if, if those were your first time saying those words, please, please, please go find a church. Go attend churches. Go to so many different churches. God will put you where you need to be so you can grow because you are not meant to do this on your own because this fire, this burning passion that's now brewing inside of you, it can be fanned and just destroyed and, and diminished so quick. So please, this is an awesome moment. This is an awesome time. Everyone in heaven is celebrating. You are home. You are now part of the family of God. You are now a child of God for you do not have fear. You are not a slave to fear. You are not a slave to the things that want to steal, kill, and destroy you, for you are his and his alone. So please go find a church. Please go find somewhere to grow. You need to go to grow. Uh, please find discipleship. Find men and women of Christ who can shelter you and lead you um, properly because this is a moment that we do not want to waste. And uh, this is not a time to be torn, you know, and afflicted by sin. This is a time to rise and, and to love others and show compassion for you were shown compassion and grace. You need to go and love others. This is a time where love needs to win. You know, no matter the differences we all may think others have, no that generational thought or generational curse is now gone in Jesus' mighty name. Go out, show love, show compassion to others because you don't know that one smile or one generous action or thought towards someone may radically change their life. So anyways, I hope you guys are blessed. Um, uh, I just thank you guys for listening and uh, I hope... You know, you guys, uh, I hope this encourages you, I should say, throughout the week. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to end it here. I hope to see you guys next time. And uh, please, again, let, him, let me know how we can be praying for you. Let the community know how we can be praying for you. And we will see you guys again real soon. So take care. Love you guys. Bye.